0: A direct quote, if there is going to be a revolution in the United States of America, it will probably happen around January 13th, when there is a stellium of six planets, including the Sun and the Moon, from 23 degrees Capricorn to 8 degrees of Aquarius, all square to one degree or another with a closing conjunction of Mars and Uranus in Taurus. That's got bar number all written all over it. Mars completes its conjunction with Uranus on January 20th, And on January 23rd, it has finished its squares with the outer planets and is separating from the conjunction with Uranus footnote. January 7th, when Mars moves into Taurus, is an important marker as it amplifies the square to Jupiter-Saturn. So, as of right now, Mars is, it's like 29 degrees and 59 minutes of uh, Aries going into Taurus.
1: Yeah, that's a volatile time, that's for sure. I mean, it's got all the foundation of being something... A lot of crashing into each other.
0: Yeah, these are very strong forces. I mean, these are, to me, very much in- involved with the destiny of the United States of America. But, of course, when we talk about astrology, we're just talking about mythic images that are trying to describe unconscious dynamics. Yeah. And, you know, our our position in the Prosperos is that you take these things and you look at them as sense testimony and you go to work to uncover the unconscious stuff, at least, you know, your view of it. Right. To uncover the unconscious stuff and bring it to light and um, shine the light of truth on it.
1: Yeah, that's the issue from our point of view. And the energy of the forces may be very powerful. It is neutral, it's not uh, picking on the human race or anything like that, but it's simply describing kind of like our, our moon wobble phenomenon our lunar note instability. The, the energy is there for constructive use or destructive use and that's a uh, that has to do with a lot of a lot of other factors that are very very human in that regard but the potential at these points in time you're right it's like this is where governments are overthrown and assassinations take place and bringing it to light is the all-important part because it's the goings-on inside the emotionally disturbed psyche of a kid that will walk into a church in the south and shoot nine people at Sunday service, a Sandy Hook teenager, follower of Islam who walks into a club in Florida and down dozens of people. The dynamics were there. Boiling underneath the surface did not come to light until its most destructive point. Uh, I'm worried like this about who's the guy that's stirred up watching this on the news and gets the idea that I'm going to take my gun to the inauguration. Yeah. And we don't know we don't know that that's going on inside of somebody. But so the the act that we know from, is from our studies it's the all important act is to make the unconscious conscious, unearth what's lingering, festering, getting ready to burst out. At, appropriate from the point of view of the, of the cycles, but inappropriate from the point of view of human relations time.
0: Yeah. So the cycle is open to interpretation. It's like uh, knowing that there's going to be heavy surf, so either you don't go in the surf or you learn how to surf the waves so that you don't get crushed.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, it basically symbolizes forces that are larger than the individual. And that means that that there's this uh, challenge to every person to find a way to, to navigate the forces. Now, the the great thing about translation is that it comes from the point of view of understanding that no matter what forces you're dealing with, you are consciousness that's dealing with the forces, and uh, that means that you can apply your consciousness and come to understand a a state of being that is not vulnerable to forces. And so that, when you do it, I mean, that has an impact on consciousness as as a whole, so I guess before we really get into things here, I think we need to say that at the beginning that we are making this recording on the same day that a large group of people violated the United States Capitol, broke windows, broke all sorts of stuff, battered down the doors, which fortunately the congressmen and senators who were there had found a way to get out, and just basically created a chaotic scene there. Uh-huh. And... I feel like today, the thing that's on my mind most of all is the subject of lies and the malicious reality that is created by lies that are uh, repeated and repeated like conditioning to get people to agree with the lies. And then I think this is a very good example of of what you get.
1: I agree, William. I think I was thinking about that on the way home, listening to, I guess, Donald Trump made a video. Short video say, saying everyone should go home peacefully, only after saying I know I know the pain you feel because to have something so to have something stolen away from you like this election this fraudulent election, laying out this huge pack of lies so that that soaked in really well with everybody. Then he made comments to the effect of, but nonetheless you should be peaceful and go home. It brought me around to thinking about that too. That just tell the lie long enough, continue to tell it, and you'll get most of the people to eventually believe it. It made me think about also how, in this case, we see it perpetuated in others, and it made me think about how in in myself, looking back in my life, how I developed, maybe as a response to pressure or trauma or events in my childhood, I developed an idea about myself, which is only one version of consciousness, And not the truth, because it's certainly not a perfect, whole sound picture. But I carry that idea about myself forward into life. And it winds up injecting itself into places where my behavior is dealing with something that's not like it was. But it uh, affects and distorts my adult behavior. Because it's a lie, I've told myself, again and again and again and again throughout life. Until I get at the source of that misinterpretation, how it got to be the way it was or who, who taught me or what taught me that this is a quality of me that I, I should accept as true. So there's a, certainly a personal lesson. And the more, I think also, one of the things I've learned from my studies is that the more I, I I work on being honest with myself, so to speak, and unearthing the lies, that I've told myself, the less susceptible I'm going to be to liars. Yeah. And that, that leads me to think about the question of... When, when you ask the obvious question after something like this, how do we how do we stop this? How do we change this? Well, it's a process that's educational, the process of therapeutic education, commercial for the prosperous. <laughs> but it asks maybe for us to go back and look at how education was missing at a certain level or a societal level. It gave rise to the, the, that it's acceptable to... It gives license to interpreting the situation such that I can with, uh, treat with utter disregard the institutions of, the, of a country that I am blessed to have been born into. I mean, ask yourself, what would your life be like if you were born into a family in a suburb of Baghdad or Bangladesh? But my God, how lucky I am to have been born and brought up like the United States. And to, as a result of that, come to a place of feeling like I had license to totally disrespect and tear it down, it's um, troubling at a profound level in me. It uh, calls for not only trying to understand my own prejudices, that have, I may, my own lies, so to speak, about the nature of myself that I may have carried for years and years and years and years, but it's brought home the huge importance of protecting that which I was so lucky to inherit from ignorance. From ignorance of lies.
0: Well, in the sense, there's also the m- matter of malevolence and the cynical intentionality of the people who have been creating lies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, let me go on a little bit of a riff here, if, if you don't mind. Sure. One of the things that uh, Carol Taylor said in her recent presentation on the shadow. Carol Taylor is an astrologer with the Faculty of Astrological Studies. She's a, an experienced Jungian, and she, she gave this little talk for about an hour and a half to try to describe, and she did a very good job about describing the shadow. You know, as soon as you start talking about Jungian stuff, most people don't really know anything. And yeah. and Carol does know the whole subject inside out. So, But one of the things that she said, is, and she I think she pulled this quote from Jung somewhere, but um, she said that, Uh, Your personal shadow has to do with the things that you can't accept about yourself that, you know, may be true about yourself, but you can't accept them. Like, for example, for a long time, if you were a person who was a male and you had uncomfortable feelings about other men and were not able to let those out, then that became part of your shadow complex. That was part of the shadow for you. Right. Right. Uh, I know about this from personal experience. But what she mentioned was this comment about the collective shadow. And she said that when a nation faces its collective shadow, it has the experience of looking into the face of total evil. And I think it's very interesting that there's one group of Americans who are looking at Trump's loss, and to them they feel like they're looking into the face of total evil. And then there's another group of Americans who are looking at the performance of the president and the persistent attacks on democracy and the American system, and they feel like they're looking into the face of total evil. So it seems to me that we are, in this moment, we are the United States of America is facing a shadow moment where something needs to be uncovered. And so my one first conclusion, primary conclusion out of this is we're in for a long haul. This is not going away anytime soon. Something that has to be worked out thoughtfully over time with people coming to find a way to have goodwill. It reminds me of what Gandhi went through when you see the movie Gandhi and he was walking around the country trying to convince people that that was, you know, the statement he made just before he he was shot was, uh, why are you going to Pakistan? Well, I'm, I'm going to Pakistan to show the people in Pakistan and the people here that the only devils there are are the ones that live inside our own hearts. Hmm. So anyway, that's kind of a wild rift. Uh...
1: Yeah, but it, it, it certainly resonates with what we're going through because, you know, to listen today on the various news stations, we're, of course, interviewing this person, that person, the other person, and everyone was speaking with a tone in their voice that was they were obviously in the most disturbing time in their lifetimes that they had experienced, certainly as as, as it has to do with being a participant in the society and government of this country.
0: Yeah. So then I think the next thing is to understand that... uh, in the Prosperos we think of the shadow in a different way, as a uh, kind of doorway into uncovering some hidden treasure. Yes. And from that point of view, I, it's fair to be optimistic and say that th- there is a, a, a tremendous potential for renewal for the entire country as we work through this, and it mm-hmm. will take it will take time.
1: Definitely. But yes, it's like discovering that, uh, you know, if you really explore the piece of music that's being played and, and you explore the misplayed note, you, you realize it's simply a covering or a misting over or sh- shading or blocking of your experience of the harmonic because that's the only life that it really has. So we know that once you apprehend the harmonic or maybe you let the harmonic apprehend you instead of the misplayed note apprehending you because of habit or lack of skill or lack of practice or whatever. when you let the harmonic have its way with you then you basically have your way that the, that the cacophony or the, the misplayed note represents and you've gone to it and found the treasure that's really at the heart of it and, and what its real, real reality is which is the harmonic. Likewise we can do that here because there's a tremendous treasure to be released and let, let it let it have its way with us a tremendous treasure in the affairs of men, because that's always complementary to the level of the difficulty that you're dealing with. The larger the difficulty, the larger the treasure once you get through the difficulty and see it for what it really is, and have that overtake you, it's not just an intellectual game, of course, to let the harmonic have its way with you. But that's, that's what's possible at a time like this. And I think that it's good to keep in mind during the interviews or, or, or discussing this with friends or arguing about this with friends whatever it is your real intention should be to release the treasure that's there release the, the truth of what the shadow is covering at the individual level and also, uh, also of course at the social level if, is with each realization it's where you let the harmonic overtake you you let the if we look at look at the situation ontologically where at the ground of being we are all one in the same stuff we're all one and the same stuff if we look at it from that point of view when we let the truth of the situation the treasure of the shadow overtake us it's a can be a, f- a frighteningly new brave wonderful experience of maybe accepting a hug from another male figure Without fear or repulsion, but it's a place that needs needs guides because when the, when you uncover what the shadow has been hiding, perhaps your whole life and in, in the lives of those around you, then it's a wilderness place for a while, till a new kind of behavior can settle in based on the realization of the treasure and what it means as far as your identity goes. So I hold out the idea here. A course of learning about the treasure that we are to each other and freely express it
0: yeah and in that way then perhaps some real communication can happen and a, a new kind of of social bond can grow up in the area where there's been so much disappointment and so many people feeling like they are missing out on what america is supposed to represent mm-hmm. You know, I was I was at the FAS conference a couple years ago and uh, having lunch with one of the, the other astrologers there, and she said how much she was looking forward to Uranus going into Taurus. She said it would be, you know, be kind of a revolutionary time, and she was thinking in terms of the revolution of kind of like an Aquarian age of peace, love, and brotherhood.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and I said to her, I really would like to see that Kind of change, but I'm very afraid because usually those kinds of changes only happen after there's been a lot of blood spilled. Uh-huh. And I, I, honest to God, COVID absolutely qualifies, you know. So I'm uh-huh. I'm ready for the upside of this now. <laughs> I'm ready to go ahead and get all the benefits that are going to come out of this wretched experience.
1: Me too, William. <laughs> I'm ready. I think that we've still got a couple of weeks to go through here, that we need to be on our toes and saying our prayers, so to speak, whatever shape that might take. And again, act like the kind of people we would like to think will come out of successfully dealing with this crisis.
0: Yeah, we've got what it takes.
1: Yeah.